0: Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, presented by the Dallas Morning News. Every day of the week, we are breaking down a question, event, news, or trend. And as we are about to embark on uh, the Mavs' first playoff journey in three seasons, that's four years, joining me today is a man who's about to embark on a journey to Orlando to keep up for the Mavs in their final game of the regular season here in a couple hours. It's Eddie Sethko. What's up, Eddie? Hey, Bobby. How are you doing? I'm good. So you're at the airport right now, about to go to Orlando. How's your jump shot looking right now?
1: Oh, I'm ready. I'm, I've got six good fouls to give if uh, if, uh, if if uh, Rick needs them. But uh, uh, I, actually, I, I'll confess, I wish I was going to Orlando, but uh, uh, it's 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 elsewhere. On a uh, uh, there's a wedding that I have been uh, signed up for for many many months before all of this uh, abnormalcy took place. So. Uh, I will be be in the contiguous 48, however.
0: Oh, that's good, close enough, so that if they do need six fouls, they can still holler your way. Oh, I'm uh, I'm all in, especially with the paycheck. Excellent, there you go, there you go. Yeah, the, the per diem in the NBA is a little better than it is for us lowly media folks, I gotta say. From local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, we certainly hope so around here, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. Head to dallasnews.com sports now or preferably after the podcast, but either way, definitely check out what uh, Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the Demon gang has for you there. So, uh, okay, so we're talking here on Thursday. The Mavs have yet to tip off against Phoenix. Uh, the only thing really that's notable about this game as it relates to the NBA standings is that Phoenix is trying to complete a perfect 8-0 and o bubble performance, which would keep their hopes of uh, competing in the playoff tournament alive. But as for the Mavs, their fate has been sealed. They are guaranteed going to be the seventh seed. They're guaranteed going to face the L.A. Clippers in the first round who locked up uh, the second seed last night with a win over the Denver Nuggets. And Denver seemed uh, pretty content, I think, to, to stick around in third place and avoid the Mavs. So that's one little confidence boost, I guess. But uh, generally, Eddie, I guess uh, you know we haven't, we haven't spoken since Damian Lillard went off. And so do you have any thoughts about that game or do you want to get right ahead to, to Mavs Clippers?
1: Well, a couple of things. First, um, first of all, if you uh, ha- happened to live in Las Vegas and and tried to make a bet on Phoenix going eight and zero in the bubble, I think you could have gotten some monstrous odds on that. Oh my and God! You, yeah. You'd be a you'd be a rich man now. But uh, <laughs> if they if of course they can can pull it off today uh, against the Mavericks. But uh, uh, you know, Damian Lillard is one of those guys. I mean, he. Thank you, Paul George, and and Pat Beverly for, for getting him riled up, up there when he missed those two free throws and the three-pointer against the uh, Clippers uh, in a game that the Blazers could have very well won. Um, all of a sudden, they started poking a little fun at, at Dame, and he took offense, and lo and behold, 51 and then 61 against the Mavs, 51 against Philly, 61 against the Mavs. What, a, what an incredible uh, showing, and, and you know what? Is anybody going to doubt him for having another 50- uh, in the in the final game, as as Portland, although you know if they win, they're in. Obviously, they're they're the number eight seed, uh, and will be in that play in tournament. Which, um, and by the way, I think that's going to be a thing moving forward. Uh, but you know, God bless Damian Lillard. When he's properly motivated, he is really tough. And even when he's not, he's pretty tough. So um, you yeah, know, thanks uh, a lot for that, Pat Bev.
0: We really appreciate
1: it, man. Yeah, yeah, those guys, uh, they did, they didn't do the Mavs any favors for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but to get to the Phoenix thing, I, I'm, you know, I, 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 as I wrote on Mavs.com uh, last night, uh, there's really only two goals for the Mavericks in this game is to stay healthy and don't get hurt. You know, that's just it. That's really all that matters. Uh, they're, they're not gonna, the, 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 standings don't mean a thing. The, the win won't help. The loss won't hurt. So, uh, just, just, in fact, I, you know, if, if I were Rick, I would really seriously consider not playing some of those guys uh, just because, you know, why, why chance anything? I mean, maybe play him for the first quarter and then shut him down.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Chris Epps Porzingis is listed as doubtful. He's got a, a heel bruise or heel soreness or something. Um, Luca is not even listed on the injury report. And so he will play, but I'd be, I'm with you, I'd be surprised if he plays more than, you know, eight, 10 minutes or something like that, just go out and get some shots up. Uh, but one thing that can come out of this game, kind of like what uh, as was the case with the, the Utah game earlier this week, whenever both Luka and KP and Dorian Finney-Smith were out, uh, it means more shots for everybody else. And if you're going to beat the Clippers, you need everybody on your team really all hands on deck to be in rhythm and, and get some confidence going. And so Tim Hardaway Jr. seems to have turned it around. He's got 27, 24 points in his last two games. Seth Curry was very good against Utah, but sat out uh, the last game, and so maybe he's back in the mix today, and he can get more shots up. Uh, but most importantly, it means more shine for our guy, Eddie, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Last two games he's come in, and it's really kind of changed the complexion of both of the games that he's played in, just with super sturdy defense and uh, some activity on the on the glass. And then also, he, he had a really nice one one against Portland as well. What have been your impressions of him and also you know staring down Kawhi and Paul George you figure you're going to need as much defense as possible And so can you see him kind of joining the rotation when the playoffs begin
1: well first of all isn't this vintage Rick Carlisle I mean he's pulled somebody out that hasn't really played at all uh even back before the bubble uh, when before March 11th when this thing shut down he was he was playing token minutes at best and uh now all of a sudden Hey, throw him out there. See what he can do. See if he grasps the opportunity. And sure enough, he has. He's been he's been pretty effective. Uh, he's not going to be a big scorer, but that's all right. This team has enough of that. Uh, what they need is somebody who will do the dirty work and grab the dirty rebounds and 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 uh, put up some resistance defensively. He's got a good body type for for going against guys like Leonard and and Paul George. Uh, you know, that's about as far as I'd go with that. I, I don't think he's going to be switching off to Zubats or, or you know, any of the the, the smaller guys. But uh, you know, if you need five or six, seven minutes in in a stretch, if somebody's in foul trouble or or if Kawhi's going off, and you want somebody to go out there and you know, get rough with him, throw him down, and and give him a little push, uh, maybe throw him off his rhythm. Sure, I mean, I think uh, you know, Kid Gilchrist, he'll he'll certainly see some some time in the playoffs and uh, i expect to see him get a good run today, by the way. Yeah,
0: and one of the things that really stood out to me about Kawhi when the Mavs played the Clippers earlier during the restart is he is so physical. You know, I I think of him as more of like this robotic mid-range scorer, kind of in the mold of like, you know, Kobe and even Michael Jordan, like, you know, put him on the elbow, uh, free throw line extended on the perimeter, and just let him take a couple dribbles into a jump shot, but He's really strong whenever he's going to the basket. Very similar to Giannis in that he's going to kind of lead with the shoulders and his elbows, just be really physical with you and knock you off your spot and, and finish over you. And uh, he even caught Dorian with a, a little bit of an elbow in the in the game. Uh, but Kid Gilchrist is just as big as Kawhi, if not even bigger. And so I feel like that could be something for for five eight minutes. Just go stick MKG on Kawhi and hound him, try and wear him down a little bit. You know, make it a little more difficult for him. And if you can do that for five minutes here, six minutes there, then maybe at the end of the game, he's got a little less legs in his jump shot. I mean, I, I could definitely see that being a pretty viable strategy. for him. Well, certainly, yeah. And and
1: you're right about Kawhi. He's, uh, I, I mean, there are only a handful of guys when you know they raise up uh, at the elbow or even a little higher in the in the uh, lane. Uh, you know, higher up toward the the top of the uh the top of the lane and and you know that 15 to 18 maybe even 20 foot range very few people you look at and say well he's not going to miss that with Kawhi, you say that he, he just doesn't miss those shots even if you're on him uh he's he's so good at that and um, uh, you know you, you pick your poison he can also nail the three-pointer he's 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 proven that time and again and a certain three-point <laughs> shot that bounced four times on the rim last season certainly uh uh, was it was a thing of uh, lucky beauty but you know and then if you do try to crowd him he's gonna go by you and you're, you're right he's got the the, the the big shoulders the outrageously big hands they don't call, call him the claw for nothing and uh, he can just he can just out out muscle people and uh, he's not gonna you're not gonna strip him those hands are so strong so yeah, he's, he's, he's as tough a matchup as there is in the NBA. There's a reason why a lot of people think he's the, the best uh, two-way player in the league.
0: So one other thing that we learned from that game, and it is just one game, and so you can't take too much from it, but I feel like this is pretty important going into a playoff series, is we all know you look at the Clippers roster, up and down that thing, they got guys that guard Luka, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Rodney Magruder, Pat Bev, uh, even bigger guys like Marcus Morris can guard him. Uh, so, they got a lot of guys that can make things difficult for Luca, but they really don't have anybody that can guard KP, like in the, in the total lockdown sense of the word. You know, they don't have a guy who's both tall enough to contest a shot on the perimeter and also strong enough to, to bang with him down low and, and make things difficult for him around the rim. And so, uh, I'm curious, you know, this offense runs through Luca, but going into this series, do you think. It could be more of a KP-centric attack, just given that kind of natural matchup advantage that they have. Yeah,
1: and, you know, let's not forget that Zubots is going to be have all of his hands totally full whenever Bobon comes into the game. So, uh, you know, they got that going for him, too. Uh, but uh, for KP, I mean, if you're the Clippers, uh, what are you looking at? Where, where, where are you going to go with that? Uh, Patrick Patterson is an option, I suppose, but he's not tall enough. And, and Zubats is really your only guy. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. I mean, you've you got to try to exploit your advantages. And with KP, that's one that the Mavericks have, and they don't lose anything on the other end of the court either. I mean, he can handle his – he can hold his own, even though uh seems memory serves uh, Zubats went, what, 10 for 10 against the Mavericks uh, last week when they played. Uh, so And Harold
0: always has big games against the Mavs too. Those two are just – they're Mavs killers, both of them.
1: Yeah, and we're we're assuming Montrez is gonna is gonna play. Uh, you know, those guys had some some uh, difficulties. He's obviously been through a rough stretch in his personal life. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of intriguing aspects of this this series. I think it's going to be fun to break it down and see. You know, what what can the Mavericks exploit, and we know what they have to to limit. I mean, they can't just let Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard eat them up. Uh, and maybe just as importantly or more importantly, they can't let uh, Shamit and, and, and uh, you know, those guys, Lou Williams, uh, Zubats, you know, uh, Montrez, all those guys, you know, they can't just let those guys go off for 23 or
0: 27 or 28 points. They can beat you in so many ways, man. They this they're like not only do they have two of the best players in the league, but they also probably have the deepest roster in the league. This team is they're such a juggernaut. It's insane, it's insane.
1: Oh, then when they're healthy, that they, they are uh, absolutely the deepest team in the league. And I mean, they got not one but two candidates for sixth man of the year. I mean, Lou Williams and Harold. So, so uh, yeah, that, that they are beyond tough and. Uh, you know, not to toot my horn, but, but I did pick them to win it back in October or September or, you know, 2012, whenever this season started, (laughs) uh, you know, and, but, you know, the only thing they still have to prove to me is that they can overcome the, uh, the dreaded clipper curse. That's, uh, been a part of that franchise for what, Oh, ever forever. So, Mm uh. Uh, we'll see We'll see if they can uh, do that. It's a different owner, different time, different bunch of players, and, and certainly they have all the experience in the world with uh, Kawhi having won it all, not only last year, but with the San Antonio Spurs a few years back.
0: So, okay, this is going to – they don't really have a lot in common with this team, but the last time that it was the Mavs' first playoff series was 2001. <laughs> I think Utah Jazz. It was Carl Malone, John Stockton. They had a bunch of veterans. There were, there were a bunch of guys who were in their upper 20s and 30s. There was like Danny Manning was on that team. They had uh, Olden Colonies. They had so many guys. I think even John Starch was on that roster, too. They had so many players, a little older than the Clippers roster, obviously, but who had been there, done that. Uh, the Jazz had won 50 something games in the regular season. They were a really good team. You know, a couple years removed from going to the finals. And here you have the Mavs. This you know, a bunch of young guys who have really never been there before. Um, what was kind of like the – was there any belief that the Mavs would win that series? What was like the – what is it like whenever a young team gets to the playoffs for the first time? Well, the, the, the one thing
1: is that, that they have going for them is that at least they're – you know, they're not – they're not uh, – they don't have the experience. Of, they're not smart enough to be scared, you know, <laughs> they, that, that, that for lack of a better way to put it, that they've got – uh, no experience, no anything. They they don't really know what to expect. At uh, JJ and 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 uh, Tim Hardaway, they can tell them, hey, here's what's coming and all that stuff. And 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 uh, Seth, who was uh, had a good playoff run last year with Portland, uh, they can say, listen, you, you be ready for this, be ready for that. Yes, okay, yeah. But is, there's nothing like being there, and they don't know what to expect, so you don't know what to fear, and, and you just go out there and you wing it. And sometimes, when you're you're in that situation, good things can happen. Uh, there will be some there will be some tough some tough uh, uh, tough times. You know, they're they're not going to sit there and go, you know, have a breeze in this thing. It's going to be a, a war. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. They're going to have to uh, get bloodied up a little bit and, and and bounce back and prove that they can can uh, can handle that sort of stuff. But I do think you're right in the fact that. Hey, it's been done before. Teams that, that aren't expected to do a whole lot sometimes can just freewheel it and go out and do what they do. And sometimes you can you can pull off some some, some amazing things with that. I'm not saying they can win four times against the Clippers. Uh, but can they make this thing a, a a battle for for the you know arguably the, the favorite to win the NBA title? Sure. I could see it happening.
0: I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. It's obviously the Clippers are the favorite to win the championship, not just this series. And so I think everybody understands where our expectations lie in this thing. But I also don't necessarily think that the gap between these two teams is extremely wide. I mean, as wide as your average 2-7 matchup, right? Like, generally, the number two seed is way better than the number seven seed. But I mean, you can't really convince me, and we've talked about it on here, and, of course, we work for the team. This is a Mavs podcast, and so, you know, we're, we're a little inherently biased here. But, like, I don't really know if the gap between the Mavs and the Nuggets who are in third place even exists at all. Like, you could talk me into thinking that Dallas is the third or fourth best team in the West, and I would believe you. So as first-round matchups go, especially as 2-7 matchups go, is kind of, like, as daunting as it looks for the Mavs. Kind of tough for the Clippers too. Or am I am I crazy? No, you're not. And here's why. Uh,
1: look at number eight versus number one. If you're the Lakers and you're sitting there and you've worked hard all year to get the best record in the Western Conference, now no home court advantage. We know all that. But now your reward is going to be Dame Lillard and, and and C J McCollum and and Yusuf Nurkic and and uh, you know Zach Collins and that group. I mean, come on, that's no bargain at all. And Whiteside is playing better now.
0: And, of course, Mello, who's been there, done that a million times. And he's just the kind of guy who would go out there and say, you know,
1: I don't give a darn who you are. I'm going to come out here and kick your butt. So, yes, you know, if you're looking at, at, at the way the West is, and it's been this way for a few years now, the gap between all of them are, are, are narrowing. There's so much parity and there's so much, uh, so many teams that are, are really uh, evenly matched and, and not – uh, you know, do they have some holes? Sure, so do the Lakers. I mean, they've got they don't have enough depth to, 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 to handle the Clippers, in my humble opinion, but they are the number one seed, and that's why they get the number eight. And that, that, that there is some sort of gap there, we you know, whether it's a small gap or a large gap or a medium gap. And it's the same with the Mavericks and, and the Clippers, they have uh, uh, you know, the Clippers are whatever they have 10 or 12 11 12 more wins or something like that i mean they have played very well this year and gotten what they deserve the number two seed is, is, a, is a good accomplishment but you're right you're you're on their side and you look and say oh, we got to deal with Luka Doncic who's 21 years old and already is a is a been a champion in another league and he's gonna sit here and you know he's gonna make life miserable for us and you got rick carlisle pulling strings you know he's gonna pull some stuff out uh, you know out of his uh, book of tricks and, and and make some things miserable for the clippers so yeah this is not a not a great match And, about, and another thing uh the nuggets you're right they seemed quite content to play nobody uh, among their starters in the uh uh in the in in the game the other night or uh, against uh, the clippers because they were Quite content to stay in the third spot, they did were not did not make that game competitive down the stretch. Meanwhile, the Clippers they did play their starters in the fourth quarter. They apparently wanted to hang on to the two spots. So maybe somebody knows something in L.A. or maybe Denver's the the sly dog that's figuring things out and trying to position themselves in the in the right spot. So uh, going to be it's just going to be riveting to watch the way these playoffs uh, break down going forward.
0: Yeah, it is going to be really interesting. And I'm, I'm there with you, too, talking about Dame playing the Lakers. You spend all year. You have one of the best seasons, you know, in uh, in many years in La La Land, and your reward is having to play the hottest team in the NBA and probably one of the most unguardable players in the league. So uh, good job, LeBron and AD, and, and good luck to you guys. I would not want to play Dame right now if I was them or anybody. Um, there's some compelling stuff in the East, too. Uh, You know, Orlando and Milwaukee, I feel like that might not be too competitive in Toronto and Brooklyn either. But uh, once you get to the second round, those top four teams, I think the the top four teams will win. So it'll be Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami. Dude, Milwaukee, Miami is going to be tough. And then whichever team wins that Toronto-Boston series, it's going to be really tough on Milwaukee, too, if they can make it out. I feel like both number one seeds uh, in their respective conferences – going to have a really, really hard time making the finals. And I, I would be very surprised to just be upfront if Milwaukee doesn't win the East. But it would not – I guess it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers don't win the West. And, frankly, I feel like uh, Toronto, Boston, and Miami, all three of those teams are perfectly capable of beating Milwaukee. So both number one seeds, especially with no home court advantage, they have their work cut out for them. Yes, I agree. And,
1: and uh, you know, Miami is one of those those – uh, odd teams. I mean, it, it, I, I've said that I think they have a legitimate shot to to come out of these, but you, you know what? It would also not stun me if they were out in the first round. I mean, they're gonna get uh, who do they got? Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. they they that's a team that, that hey, they play really hard. Nate's a great coach, and uh, they, you know, I, I, I that's a team I wouldn't want to see. That's a, that's a classic four or five matchup, you know, and then uh, you know. Boston is Boston. I, I mean, I'm for some reason I'm not the hugest fan about uh, you know of, of Jason Tatum like everybody else is. Uh, I do uh, I do think they have plenty of talent all the way around, uh, but but you know Toronto to me is still I've seen nothing in the bubble to make me think that Toronto is not a team that can win it all again. You know mm-hmm. lose Kawhi and still win it all wouldn't that be a a, a terrific accomplishment for that franchise?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we could easily have Milwaukee versus Toronto again in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it could be the same exact result. I mean, it's the league. I, can you remember a season when everything in both conferences was really this wide open? Well, I, and off the top of my head, uh, it,
1: it doesn't seem that way. There's usually a couple of teams that you say, well, uh, they're just happy to be there. And, and, you know, let's be honest. Maybe that's the Mavericks this year. Maybe they're just – this was their goal. They stated way back uh, in September, they said, hey, we want to be a playoff team. Well, they're a playoff team. Uh, Will they be able to make any noise? We don't know that yet. But you can't make any noise in the playoffs unless you get there. So they are. Uh, But, but yes, I I think every team that makes the playoffs this year, uh, you know, even – you know, let's face it, Orlando's not a – uh, not a not not a threat to win uh, the Eastern Conference, and they'll probably go out very quickly against the Bucks. But uh, you know, Brooklyn is getting some great great experience in this in this uh, ep- in this uh, exercise, especially when they know they've got a guy named Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving coming back next year to join this group that's already a playoff team. So uh, you know, there's lots of stuff to watch and lots of stuff to play for and uh, of course, we we want to see how these these Mavericks respond to, um, you know, a, a new level of competition, and and it's going to be a it's going to be a, a, a great bit of theater to see how Luca and especially KP, because Luca's been in a in a lot more big time pressurized events than KP, in my opinion, and you know I want to see how Porzingis uh, comes out of this, and 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 he he's got some. God-given abilities that he can exploit
0: and make life miserable for anybody. I want to see him use them. Yeah, and this is kind of their chance to not only lay the foundation for what they're going to build off of starting next season, uh, win or lose, of course, um, but also this is kind of their chance to appeal to everybody around the league, say, hey, look what we got going on. You know, are you the, are you the missing piece? Can you be the difference? And all that stuff. And so this is kind of a, a, this is a pretty important moment in this franchise's history. I'm not trying to over, overstate it or anything, but it feels like this could be the, this could be the jumping off point, uh, if you will. So, and,
1: oh yeah, and, go ahead. And I think that, that you know, the, the free agents that are going to be out there this year and next year uh, are looking at this and they realize, hey, this, something's going on here. This is This team's going to be around for a while. Uh, maybe we want to think about uh, jumping in here on the ground floor or the, maybe the second floor next year. Uh, and and uh, ride this thing to the top because uh, uh, you know Luca. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. He's he's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he's he's just been more than I, anybody could have expected. And in, in, uh, in only his second year, 21 years old, uh, nobody can handle him. They, they just can't. I mean, he had a very pedestrian game by his standards against the uh, uh, against the Blazers, and. You still rolled up, what, 29-7-7 20, seven and seven or something like that? I mean, that's, yeah, just, that, 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 that's just an average game for him. You know, we didn't even talk about it. Either. I mean, I wrote the game story, and I think I used his name once. So, uh, you know, he, he, who, who can wait to see what the future holds
0: for him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's fast forward three weeks or two weeks or however long it takes the NBA to, to get through the first round because every year it seems like it's a whole month. Um, If we wake up on August 31st and the Mavs have prevailed in like game six or game seven of the series and they have actually toppled the L.A. Clippers, what two, three, five, 26 things will have to happen in this series in order for the Mavs win? How do they beat Kawhi, Paul George, and L.A.? Well,
1: I think the main thing is you got to get over the stage fright. I mean, you got to let Lucas sit there and say, "Hey, I don't care if it's my first playoff game. I don't care if it's my, you know, first playoff minute or, or you know, all this stuff. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm the man. Follow me. Uh, you know, back, back in about 2000 and whatever it was, one or two, when the the uh, first version of the Mavs with Dirk and he was an unproven commodity, way more unproven than Luca, by the way." uh he kind of jumped in there and said uh hey jump on my back i'm gonna i'm gonna run this thing now he had a lot of help you know he did have nash and and uh and finn and calvin booth and all those other guys that made big plays but i mean luca's got to be luca and he's got to make the difference and take this franchise and say hey this is my this is my team i'm gonna take it and run and the other thing is they got to figure out a way to, to slow down Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Zubots, Shamit, all those guys. Pat Beverly, you know, you're not going to shut down Kawhi and Paul George. It's just not going to happen. So figure out a way to make life as tough as you can on those other guys. Try to make two guys beat five guys, uh, you know, and, and, and take your chances. I think those are two of the biggest things. There you go.
0: It's easy. Just uh, shut down everybody and have your superstar play like the best player in the NBA. Let's let's do it. You know, one, two, three team.
1: Right. I mean, that's you know, it sounds so easy. Just do it.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, the last time the Mavs were a super duper heavy ultra underdog in the first round was against the Spurs. And Rick Carlisle did pull out a pretty incredible game plan. And Dallas darn near beat down uh beat down tim duncan and those guys they went on to win the championship oh yeah by the way Kawhi leonard was on that team so that's uh, a little bit of history but uh yeah they took it to seven so i guess never underestimate rick carlisle and and frankly uh, you know no disrespect to, to monte ellis or to 37 year old dirk but that team did not have anybody that was as good as luka is now and so you know it, anything can happen man i guess that's why they play the games right
1: yeah that's what they say bobby bobby and and Hey, uh, I'm just glad we got here. I mean, there were so many times during, from about March 12th up until the, the start of July, that I, I just kept saying that there's no way they can make this. They, they're not going to finish this season. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And God bless the NBA for for how they figured out a way to to do this. Uh, they've done it with remarkable safety they, they've gone above and beyond with the protocols and all of that stuff and god bless them I, I you know you look at the trouble that baseball is having and and uh you know that the nfl probably is headed toward uh the nba and, and hockey too uh they seem to have gotten it right you know and 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 uh, thank goodness for that because it looks like we're actually going to have a playoff
0: yeah. And it's going to start soon. Oh my God. I'm very, very, very excited, man. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. As daunting as the challenge may seem, you got to face it head on. So we'll, we'll see what Luca KP and all these guys have, uh, have in them and see what they can muster. Um,
1: Eddie, hey, take any final a, take words?
0: A, take, take a big swing, you know,
1: aim for the fences, throw, you know, you know, in the, other, in the other end of the court, throw your high heat, see if they can hit it and let's have some fun.
0: Yeah, let's see if they can do it, man. Let's see if they can pull it off. Um, any any last words before we get out of here? Before you jump on your plane? Well, just that that uh,
1: you know, I I I am kind of interested to see how the the play in tournament goes with the eight nine teams. It's probably going to be Portland and somebody, uh, and whoever it is, I'd I'd love to see Portland and San Antonio. Don't you know that would be a that would absolutely be a knockdown drag out for a game mm-hmm. or, or maybe two. Or maybe two. And, uh, but I do think this is going to be a thing. Like I said earlier, I think this is going to, people are going to see, Hey, this is, this is kind of fun. And maybe they expand it. Maybe to the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 next year or, or somewhere down the road. I, I think that all of that, uh, it, it provides a, an element of, of a uh, fun and intrigue and, and unknown, uh, you know, I and mean, plus it'll, it'll sell, you know, they'll sell some tickets. They'll, you know, assuming we get back to having fans and they'll, and the TV will love it. I mean, imagine a little 14 playoff to get ready for the playoffs. I mean, I just think that that would be, that would be huge.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Good luck to whoever has to play Dame though. That's all I got to say about that. I would, no matter what seed Portland is, I think Portland will win a play in tournament they They're on another level right now. Right, But we'll see. It's going to make for some compelling TV, that's for sure. So I'm, I'm very excited. It's going to be a good weekend of basketball heading into Game 1, which could come on Monday, could come on Tuesday. So uh, stay tuned for that. You can find out uh, the playoff schedule as soon as it comes out on Mavs.com, as well as read all of Eddie's insight and Dwayne Price's too, and Tamara's and mine and everybody else who works for this lovely organization. Uh, Mavs.com, Dallas Mavs, on social. Eddie is esefco on Twitter. I am Bobby Corella on Twitter and also in real life. Eddie is Eddie in real life. Uh, you can find all of his work there as well. Thank you for joining me, Eddie, and thank you at home for listening. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Share it with a friend. Share it with an enemy. Doesn't matter. Just let them know that Mavs Daily is coming at you Monday through Friday, which means we'll be back with you tomorrow. See you then.